Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Hey, this is the Non-Fungible Podcast, NFP, with D. Klein. Today, my guest is an OG artist, W.G. Meats. Hey, W.G. Meats, welcome to NFP. I'm so glad to have you here. Thanks a lot, DK. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, you're another one that I can check off my list and go, yes, another super cool person <laughs> that's been on my podcast. So I appreciate very- that. I, I, you know what? I, we've uh, we've crossed paths a few times mm-hmm, and mm. it's finally worked out schedule-wise. Yeah, it's true. It, you know, it's tough to find time sometimes. Of course, right now I'm on a summer break because I'm a teacher. Oh man! And so what I'm doing now is I'm scheduling Thank my you podcast. Thank for your service. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scheduling all my. It's my pleasure. I I love working with children, and it's my calling in life. No, it's okay. But anyway, no, I do enjoy teaching though. Uh, but I do enjoy the holiday. The holiday is wonderful. Of course. Um, and so what I've done is I've scheduled it all because my wife works still. Okay, so I've scheduled yeah. them all for the mornings where she's off at work. I record a podcast. Nice and quiet. Yeah. You know, then I might go do the vacuuming or wash the dishes. And then yeah, she, yeah. she comes home and the house is clean and she's happy, right? That that just, it's a win-win on both sides. It is. And then we'll, uh, you know, sit down and watch a show together or whatever. Yeah, yeah I'm the same way. <laughs> Are you? I mean, we both work from home. Uh, so we've set up like a command center at our house. So <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I'm at, well, during school. I was sitting next to my eight-year-old and she was next to, she was sitting next to our six-year-old as we both worked and were on meetings and everything. Mm-hmm. So it was a complete madhouse. At any wow. given moment, there was five laptops running in my house. So well, and you I, got trust the, me, I know what you guys mom, go dad, through. Dad, all the time oh, while you're trying to work, right? Yeah, I'll see. I'll have my kid like uh, slide his head towards the left to get him to my meeting. And I'm like, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> You can't blame them. They just want to see what dad's doing, right? They want to oh, be a part my, of it. My boss is the majority of my meetings are with my boss. So he's always like, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, so okay. He's already, he's cool with it. Yeah. But you know, you're just like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> Feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's okay if he pokes his head here because this is audio, so it won't matter. Yeah, I know. Well, that's not that bad. Actually, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I've looked into doing kind of the video thing, but man, that's a whole other level of work and editing and I'd have to like you can see I'm just sitting here in a basic room like I'd have to do something where I have like all kinds of art behind me and you know fancy backdrop or whatever. You got to have a like a Twitch streamer. You got to have the neon yeah. backdrops. You got to have yeah, colors yeah. going. <laughs> Visual <laughs> stimulation the entire video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've only been like on one I was telling this to uh Second Realm actually. Eric Mm-hmm. I was telling him about how I was on a live stream with Ken Bozak on YouTube. And that was a very surreal oh, experience. Man. Bro, bro. Oh, yeah. I saw that. That's the one that he fell over. Yeah. yeah. That was <laughs> He fell over because he took too you strong. You know how many times I've seen that clip. <laughs> and I'm, I'm smiling and I'm laughing. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Is he okay? Like, <laughs> is he hurt? For a split second, I looked and I'm like, he doesn't look okay. Like he no, kind of like got up a little groggy, and I'm like, oh god, he's hurt. My initial reaction was laughter, of course, right? Yeah, because yeah. it it seemed like he was hamming it up, maybe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
And then I was like, wait a minute. No, that was real. He actually fell over. And then you see his dog. His dog kind of comes over. It's like, what's going on? Man? <laughs> it was too many hits. He was taking too many rips. People kept donating. I shit. I donated at one point. I was just like, this is hits. too funny. I gotta yeah. do this. <laughs> oh man, that was hilarious, man. Yeah. He was anyway, cool. WG meets. You are like when I look at your portfolio, you're OG when it comes to the crypto art scene. I mean, you've got stuff going back 2018. Super rare, known origin. So when you were first on those platforms, there must have just been a handful of artists there. You were there right at the beginning, right? Yeah. So on Super Rare, in in Super Rare, I started at 2019. My first platform was Maker's Place, Mm -hmm. uh, then Super Rare, I believe, and then Known Origin. And it really did feel like a handful of us. My first piece on Super Rare sold for like 0.35, which was at 51 bucks at that time. Right. You know, and I was just happy to sell something. I was like, oh my God, this is great. You know, Um, so, but yeah, it was, it felt very, like, it was just a handful of us. Very small. Mm -hmm. Um, Matias, ex-copy, you know, Coldy, obviously. Uh, So it it was interesting because uh, it felt different, right? So I've been a lifelong creative uh, or artist. and you go through the motions of trying to make it as an artist, you know, selling mm-hmm. prints or selling merchandise or whatever the case may be. Uh, but this just felt different. Mm-hmm. Um, and immediately from the beginning, it was just like, okay, I think this is it. I think this is what I want to do. Um, so before Super Rare, before Maker's Place and Known Origin, I was on a site called Creary. And Creary? the best way that I can describe it it's kind of like a, the crypto version of Behance. Okay. And I'm, I'm not all you know, that we were just Behance. Stuff I, you know, there. I'm, I'm not all that hip to, you know, all the cool things going on in internet land. It's it's a it's a online portfolio website. Okay. Um, I think I recognize what so, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty it's very cool. It's still, you know, huge among artists and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um and that's where I started. And that's where I started mm-hmm. actually starting to create fractals and whatnot. And immediately when I saw, I'm like, wait, you can actually have your own token and you can sell your token to a natural collector one-on-one. Like there's nothing, you know, nothing that stops you from it. I'm like, oh, this is insane. I got it. I got to try this. And I've fell in love with it and been here ever since. Wild. So in terms of the, the crypto scene, did you have really any understanding of that element of it? Or was it just like, oh, I can just use this as a tool? In I was interested in crypto. So in crypto, I started on 2000, late 2017, early 2018. Uh Um, You know, you started look, I started looking into it and I'm like, oh, well, what's this about? And like, this is kind of cool. I've always been a fan of collecting anything digital. Okay. Uh, Never carry actual physical cash on me at all whatsoever at any time at all. (laughs) So it made complete sense to me. I'm like, okay, great. All I need is my digital wallet. Fantastic. I don't need to go to the ATM and none of that. Fine. Uh, but before that, obviously, you can hear about uh, Bitcoin, of course. And I never really paid attention to it until 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, me being a collector, that's the first thing that I looked for was what can I collect? Sure. Uh, at that time, in 2015, I started collecting digital Star Wars cards. 
that I still collect to for some reason today. <laughs> um, but I, I started with that and I'm like, this is crazy. Uh, but you know, you don't really own them. The tops closes down that server. Right. That's your money. There goes your money. That's it. It's gone. Yep. Um, and at that point they were letting people download the high risk cards to their phones or to the devices. Okay. But you know, it wasn't quite there. So I was constantly searching for more as far as to, okay, well, where can I really own what I collect? And getting into crypto also collecting kind of met at a crossroads at one point. And, and that's when I got into NFTs. Yep. Yeah. And I got, I got into NFTs with, uh, what was it? I think it was blockchain cutie of all things. Oh, explain. So blockchain cuties is kind of like, it's like crypto kitties, right? Yeah. Um, but they also have dogs in it and whatnot. And it was around there at that time. Uh, I also got into chibi fighters at oh, that yeah. point, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, so it was one of those things where it, this, it felt so fantastic and like, oh my God, like you really own this. It doesn't matter if it shuts down, if it shuts down, then you can still sell it. You know, all that, all that great stuff was amazing to me. Yep. Um, and then to know that I can also create art and sell it the same way. I mean, it's, I just had to try it. I had to do it. And like I said, I've never looked back. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your art, your creation method. I mean, you have some very interesting elements you work with here, mostly abstract work. Yeah. Uh, some representational, representational elements, mm -hmm. um, often purely abstract. Um, where did that draw you in that that notion of doing this style of art that you're kind of known for now so um i've always been trying to search how comfortable i feel when i'm creating with certain elements whether it's vr whether it's just a pencil you know mm -hmm. watercolor whatever the case may be and around that time around 2019 i stumbled upon an open gl uh, web fractal explorer. Okay. And I was like, Oh, this is great. So, you know, you can create fractals, literally web browser based. Um, so then I export that obviously. And to this day, I still create with it. Like the majority of my pieces are on a web based, you know, browser. Wow. But obviously I, you know, I, I'll take out, I'll export layers. And obviously, you know, that's when Photoshop Illustrator comes into play in sure. an hour, maybe after effects here and there. Uh, but that's how I started and that's how I'm still going. But at least I would think there's an insane growth in it um, compared to what it was in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, so the style that I'm known for now, it came from just trying to create to be happy, right? Mm. Uh, the majority of my stuff, it's a lot of internal conversations that I have with myself, uh, meditating and whatnot. Uh, even certain landscapes would come from obviously meditation, uh, video game influence. I'm an eighties, nineties kid. So a lot of the stuff totally. has space elements, you know, okay. comic books, video games. Uh, but I try not to make it as obvious. So it's just like, oh, okay. I know what that is. Um, because I'm also always at the same time that I'm trying to challenge myself. I also like to challenge the people that view my artwork and collect it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I don't like telling people, hey, this is what a chair looks like. 
I want to create it in the symbol of what I think can be a chair, but I also want you to come to terms of, okay, this might be a chair, but, you know, leave it up to interpretation as well. And that's why I really like abstract work Mm -hmm. because I've been working on tons of pieces by now. And every single time I managed to find something different in it visually, uh, which keeps me drawn in there. Uh, And I think that's why I lean heavily towards abstract work because at the same time that you can have a message, you can have a focus, right? Um, But it's also still up to interpretation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just a chair or it can be just a chair if they really want to. You can guide the viewer to anywhere you want, um, be it art title, uh, Mm -hmm. description, but it's still up to interpretation. Uh, I had certain pieces that people are like, oh, this reminds me of certain memories when it's absolutely not that, at least how I intended it. And that's why I liked about what I like about abstract work. It's the duality of it. It can be something, but it can also not be it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I keep pushing it. And um, I'm mainly known for my abstract work, but you know I'm formally trained in graphic design. Uh, I used to do graffiti, you know, things like that. So they all have a play into what I do. Sometimes I combine two to three different styles depending on what it is. Um, but the abstract work it just makes me happy. Mm-hmm. It makes me absolutely happy. Yeah, there's just you know, you kind of delve into it and you kind of live in that place when you're working on it kind yeah. of idea. Absolutely. Yeah. To me, it's like instrumental music. You know what I mean? Like it's it's about the, the rhythm. It's about the composition. Like when I'm looking at your work, I have a, I have a bunch of tabs open here looking at your work. There's yeah. just, um, there's a movement to it that you're basically causing the person who looks at it to have their eyes move in certain ways and mm-hmm. uh, to enjoy the rhythm of it and just enjoy the flow of it, you know, as opposed to say uh, music that has say lyrics in it, where it's meant to more direct you in terms of what's it's happening very linear with your auditory experience. Right. 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 Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. So what's taught me about like when you're doing these pieces, like, you're saying you're starting often with a fractal program, like a web browser mm-hmm. type thing. And then yeah. like, talk me through like, what's it like creating a piece? So I love layers. Mm-hmm. I work in layers constantly, uh, kind of crazy with them. <laughs> so at any given moment, my pieces can be, uh, sometimes I'm a little bit of a minimalist. I, it can literally be one to three layers or it could be anywhere from one to like 15 layers mm-hmm. and so it'll be they all come from dialogue um but there's obviously obviously a starting point and it's one so in the web rate in the web-based uh fractal explorer that i use there's certain parameters that you have to set but you can also move around in 3d mm-hmm. and i love the fractal aspect which I think lends very well to my own method of creating and thinking. Um, but I really hate math. <laughs> so it's kind of like the best of both worlds for me. And at that point that were when I realized that I really wanted to use this mm-hmm. is because I kept wanting to try to challenge myself. Mm. So I didn't want to make it as easy as possible. So I could, I could very well go into Blender or Octane, you know, and create something. 
but I wanted to keep it manual. I wanted to keep mm. it as human as possible mm -hmm. while being free from any sort of rules, from any sort of uh, visual parameters that you see. You're like, oh, okay, this is that, this is bloom. Uh, this is uh, refracting. I, I don't want to do that. I wanted to keep people guessing while at the same time pushing myself to continuously keep trying to find what I want to find. Um, so that's what I start with. And like I said, you know, a lot of pieces come from internal dialogue, uh, whether it be something that I'm thinking about heavily, uh, something that I want to get better about, a commentary on certain scenes as far as certain happenings within crypto art. Mm -hmm. I haven't really done too many crypto art uh, opinion pieces, okay, uh, but there are a couple out there, and it might not necessarily be too obvious, but they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the majority of them are pretty much me sitting down and trying to create a rhythm to what I'm thinking. Okay. Um, obviously, I use a lot of color theory, you know, using my design background, which I would think makes it probably a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's trying to find a visual representation of what I'm thinking, of how I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. So it's not just, you know, I'm not just swatting colors left and right. And it's just like, ta-da, Pollock, you know, well, nothing against <laughs> Pollock, of course. <laughs> but, but for me, it's- Low and, effort and, you NFTs. Know, <laughs> no. Oh God, no. <laughs> And so it's one of those things where that's funny, you know, and what you said, um, when you talked about my work, where you talked about the flow of my work, that's mm -hmm. exactly what I want to represent. I want to re represent emotion behind the meeting of the pieces mm. so that it's not just something that's cool or colorful or vivid. And in the majority of my real life, I don't like calling a lot of colors on my clothing. I don't like doing mm. any of that. So a lot of my colors are muted on my self presentation, right? Um, so I try to also bring color in a more vivid sense of my pieces to further portray a certain rhythm or a certain feeling or certain emotion. Because, you know, certain colors grab you a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so the colors that I use, I I'm shifting to a certain colors lately you know whether it be pinks reds purples and i really love the dynamic of how they play together sometimes with mm -hmm. blues do you uh, think that's okay like in my own art i i'll tend to kind of have a color palette and i'll kind of stick with it for like a long period of time mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and uh sometimes i wonder like should i be trying you know more different things or should i just kind of play this until it plays out do you know what i mean what do you as think? long as long as when you sit down and you're creating, I'm a really big fan of no schedules, no mm -hmm. anything that says, oh, okay, I'm going to do this at this time or whatever. You're, I'm, you're lucky I'm here at two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, just how I create, it's very sporadic. It's very at the moment. Okay. Uh, and, and if at the moment that color is what speaks to you, then that color is what speaks to you. Um, mm -hmm. There's no... There's no thinking of, well, I well, I did too many red pieces. I got to do a yellow one. It's whatever no. the heart tells me what to do, you know? And I feel that 
all art should be like that. It's not. I just, like, I, okay, I just well, wonder if others are more strategic than I'm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not really strategic. Oh, they, I just of, make are. stuff and I just, you know, have fun with it. And then sometimes I think, hmm, should I be more strategic? You know? I've actively tried while working on my own pieces that I'm like, man, like the last two, three pieces really have a lot of red and pink in them. So I'll try. I, I'll have different variations, different layers to the same pieces. And some of it just doesn't feel right. So I just right. won't do them. I just won't mint them. Right. Okay. Or I'll keep, if there's a certain piece that I like the form of what's been created, but the color is not quite where I want it to be. Mm -hmm. I'll sit on it. I'll sit on it for like a few weeks and see what happens. Uh, but it's literally at the moment present, whatever color comes out, whatever emotion comes out, whatever flow comes out is what comes out. Mm. Uh, that's why a lot of my pieces, a, a lot of pieces don't look like each other. Right. Uh, okay. But I do think that there's a certain digital, uh, not digital, a certain visual signature to them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I personally, just within life in general, I don't like doing the same things over and over again mm. because I'll eventually get bored. So my art is the visual form of that. It's the visual form of, well, let's see what else I can create. Let's see where else I can take it as opposed to just finding a certain form and just continuously work on it. And which is fine. If, you know, if that's your thing. Some people draw skulls for the rest of their lives. Um, but for me, I would probably get bored doing the same figure or the same forms over and over again it has to be different for me because mm -hmm. if i'm not obviously if you're not happy with your own work then why bring it out so i do that with my work as well if i'm not necessarily happy with something and that would normally be staying staying stagnant to a certain degree uh i might as well not do it mm -hmm. it has it has to be something else it has to be another thought that's explored another form another rhythm another even if the colors might be similar, that the form itself needs to be reinvented, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm mm -hmm. constantly changing the way I portray things, the way I portray thoughts, colors, and whatnot. Um, obviously, depending on the subject matter also. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, of course, there's a lot of artists that are way more strategic than we are. <laughs> but I think that if art comes from the heart, Oh my God, did that rhyme? I think that rhymed. You <laughs> um, and it's one of those things where I don't think about it. That I just honestly don't think about it that way. Yeah. Like I don't think about it in strategy. Right. I, the only strategies that I will honestly think of is promoting the piece once right. it's done, yeah. not while it's being created because it's a Let's, completely different process. So give us some tips. What are your, what are your strategies once it's out there and promoting it? What do you do? So obviously there's the usuals, you know, Twitter, you hit up a certain, certain discords and whatnot. Um, but a lot of the recent, at least, I mean, there's always been people that have always been on my side, no matter what, yep. wherever I'm minting, it doesn't matter if I'm minting on my own contract or if I'm super rare, they'll share my work, we'll comment, we'll, they'll critique. Like, that's what I like about the whole crypto art community, mm -hmm. um, where we feed off of each other to a certain degree whether we're a dysfunctional family or not, <laughs> we all feed off of each other. Um, it might be something that sparks another interest or another piece also, which has mm -hmm. happened to me. 
Um, but a lot of it, it's Twitter groups belonging right. to certain Twitter groups. Right. Uh, as of late, the recent wave of the new artists that came in, you know, I've been seeing how they talk and, and I'm like, wow, this is really nice because they're coming in with a drastically different frame of mind than what we did when we started mm. in 2018, 2019. Uh, so it's nice to see that. And a lot of the times that's where I'll share my work and, you know, we'll talk about it. They'll actually talk about the art and not just like, oh, well, where did you mean? Or what is your token at ERC 720 or is it, you know, so there's- Yeah, we're kind of moving of away from that jargon, right? And it's just becoming more about the yeah, art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I really like that we are. Mm -hmm. um, I went through a time period that I'm like, I don't understand. Like, it's not about the art. It's about the structure of the token, which to a certain degree is also important, right? Yeah. Because um, it's we're talking about provenance here. So it's something that we're not just throwing it up in there and be like, well, let's just mint on an open sea, open contract to see what happens. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I've always been a proponent of independence or, you know, you're an independent artist. Uh, you should have your own contract. I've brought on people or uh, helped them create their own contracts because they're like, well, why would I do that? And I'm like royalties. You have the you have more control over your royalties. You have more control over your message, uh, how your art is how your art is displayed on Rarible, on OpenSea, on whatever. Just your identity. And your you know. Yeah. I hate the word. But your brand. Background. Your brand. Right. It, well, we are our own brands. Yeah. And there's a lot of times true. that people are like, well, you know, I'm not used to thinking it that way. I'm like, it's part of business. Is part of the actual daily in and out of what you're trying to do unless you're not trying to sell art which is fine you know mm -hmm. some people like giving their art away for free and all that stuff but if you're paying money to mint your work you know i would think that you probably would want to take it a little bit more active role in presentation and how you mint where you mint yeah. uh and you know just overall control of your artistic identity mm -hmm. speaking of where you're minting what do you think of all this hick at nunk uh chaos <sighs> So I've been away for the majority of that drama. Have you? Okay. But I've heard that they had an AMA or one of the devs or the head dev. I'm yeah, not too yeah, sure yeah. what it was. And then there was an object.bid that was going to be there. And then they got disinvited or something like this. Or... Really? Yeah. See, I didn't hear that. I don't know. Oh, there was boy. some hostility so... there. I don't know. This is allegedly. I'll just say allegedly. Right. From, what, from what I've seen on the Twitter feeds. There seems to be some bad blood there. I don't know. That sucks. That sucks because when I first heard of Hen, I, I could just call it Hen. When I first uh, heard of Hen, it reminded me of Tumblr. Mm. Just the overall minimal aspect of it and mm -hmm. just art everywhere. Yep. Uh, obviously, I mean, to a certain degree now, there's names on there because you could customize your names. But all you saw was an address. Yeah. So I was like, man, this is fun. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it brought a different dynamic to everything or an old dynamic to a new world, be it, you know, minting artwork. And I was really happy with it. And I'm like, I think this is where I want to display all of my styles, mm. not just my abstract work. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of using, or I am using it as a playground, right? Right. Um, and everything, because I love fives. You have some so beautiful pieces was there. I mean, addition obviously... of fives for five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, now I, I do have a place that I feel is free enough 
for mm -hmm. me to post a photography piece, for me to post or abstract piece or or mixed media piece are, you know, there's certain ones that I combine photography and abstract put together mm -hmm. um, with photography that I've personally taken. Mm -hmm. So I was really happy to see that thrive and see it got to where it got to. Now, with the current drama going on about it, which unfortunately I can't speak too much about, um, I but I've heard of very sad things on it as far as lacking transparency right uh, from, yeah. from the hen that project I don't itself know a ton about yeah yeah Either. so it's one of those uh i do have to just because we're in the holiday weekend you know it makes it tough to navigate that and make a proper opinion on it but i've read some very sad things on it and you know i hope for the better because it was very free mm. it was like art woodstock <laughs> right you know well so it and it came free. at the perfect time because you had the high gas fees on ethereum mm -hmm. you had a bit of a lull in the market right yep and there was this kind of pent-up demand for something that was just um how would i say just more kind of grassroots you know yep. and, and very cheap right very you know uh, you know as an artist you generally when i look at your works on say super out or an older journal or whatever they're they're not cheap pieces and no. So you can go to something like Hen and you can go, hey, I'm going to make some pieces here that are kind of accessible to people who otherwise would not be able to access those pieces, right? Exactly. So, and, and that's, a, that's a, a fun element as an artist to be able to do that, right? Yeah, it's a different, you know, besides just the whole emotional aspect of it being primarily about art, sometimes you didn't see names, you don't know who the hell minted it. Mm -hmm. There was an excitement to it, you know, mm -hmm. there was an excitement of, like how Tumblr was back in the day. Everybody was posting their artwork on Tumblr and sharing it and retumbling it. So it was very, it felt free. It felt, yeah. uh, it felt familiar in yeah. a new space. Yeah. Now, uh, the reason why I chose Hen to, you know, pretty much actively show all of my styles on there is because, you know, on ETH, you adhere to a certain look. Right. To a certain degree. Um, just because of, how the market plays out and what people look for. And obviously mm -hmm. it's more at the same time that you're selling art, you know, some people see it as an investment. Some people see it as uh, supporting an artist, but on a professional level, not just, Hey, I like your art. So it's a different dynamic, you know? Yep. Um, so, you know, sometimes you feel a certain way about that. I've have personally felt that it somewhat restricts artistic vision. Um, mm. when it comes to how markets play out, mm -hmm. but it's the nature of the beast, right? Cause you want to kind of yeah. give yourself a certain look, so to speak. Right. Right. Okay. So it's one of those things where when hen came along, as you said, high gas fees, the way it was just welcomed by artists and everybody was sharing their work, yep. you know, people were starting hen groups yep. and it was like, yeah, this is fantastic. Like this is free. Like we're great. Uh, and artists supporting other artists as well, mm -hmm. um, which was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I know. I hope, I hope this drama is not necessarily long lasting or accurate to what I've been reading. Yeah, because I know. if the last thing that we don't want, besides market manipulation and all that good stuff, is lack of transparency from a platform. Yeah, uh, and that will drive away everybody, at least everybody that knows what it means to them now. Yeah, 
seemed like people were quite upset. I, I'll be honest, I didn't really delve into the details of what people were upset about. There was just too many other things going on in my life. But um, yeah. it, yeah. I mean, what do you think of like say something like Calament or something? Have you explored that ever? I've seen Obixum mint on Calament. I wanted to look at it. Um, but it honestly, it was one that where since I was happy with him at that moment, right? I I didn't feel like a necessity to go felt unnecessary, out and beyond yeah. that, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, especially since I'm like, I was so happy with it. I'm like, oh, well, why look at Calumet? Uh Calumet, from what I've seen, might be maybe considered more like the super rare ish of Tezos. I think that's, yeah, that's what the right? goal is. I would like say. the feel of you know their yeah. their presentation and. Yeah, you know all that good stuff, and so I was just like, "Oh, I don't really need this." Right. You know, as much as you want to be in that in, in everybody's hands, as far as collect um, art wise, you want everybody to collect their art. But for me personally, if it doesn't seem right for me, I won't do it. Right. No matter what the network is, no matter how popular it is, I just won't do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So let's let's go back in time. Mm-hmm. WG meets is a kid. Uh, yeah. teenager where was art in your life at that time oh man uh well let's see at 14 i was just you know drawing tons okay i was drawing from comic books drawing from personal i was creating characters and whatnot uh 15 i started doing graffiti in new york okay so that consumed my life for like two years and that's when i went to summer school in ninth grade um did you ever get in serious trouble with that or uh by the west side highway one it was like park police that came out Uh, we had like two we it was me and a friend of mine and we both had two spray cans and we were attacking the back of a handball court uh he came out and you know he was just like oh it's park police they can't really necessarily do anything kind of at least at that time idea yeah, yeah. I don't know how it is now exactly because I, I haven't touched a spray can outside in God knows how long. But before, <laughs> he was just like, oh, you know what you're doing is messed up. But I, it, which is hilarious when I think of it now, I took offense to it because I thought that he said my art is no mm-hmm. good. <laughs> I see. You kind so of misunderstood like, oh, well, what, what he was saying. <laughs> oh, dude, completely. Uh, I'm I'm no, don't mind me with the spray cans in my hand. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? This is wrong. <laughs> like, what do you, does my art suck? Is that this what you're is saying? This good stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got like all super defensive because of my art, not because I was committing an illegal act on a park <laughs> wall. <laughs> but, you know, as soon as we saw them coming, obviously they saw us from far away and whatnot. But at that time we had uh, the Columbia raincoats and I had the drawstring at the bottom. So I literally just, tucked the two spray cans inside my rain jacket uh-huh. and i was just like what i don't have anything on we're just we're just going for it a walk horrible. standing yeah, around yeah. <laughs> at a wall just color spurting <laughs> from my fingers guys that's all <laughs> so so that was i think that was one uh in high school uh i went to washington Irving high school in new york by uni square and I, I used to belong to the art house we used to the every floor was a uh, a major, a major, a majority uh, study, mm. and I was in the art house. So I was in another floor. I think I was in. There was a science floor. So I was on there, and I had the fantastic idea of 
getting magnum markers and putting shoe dye in it because obviously it's permanent and everybody was you know we all had that so we had thick magic uh, magnum markers with shoe dye in it to just you know leave our mark anywhere and everywhere <laughs> so I'm, I'm in one of the staircases and i'm making gigantic bubble letters doing the uh, i'm bombing the wall and the security guard comes out and he's like what what are you doing and i was just like ah shit so he's like listen i'm not gonna i can't do anything to you right now as far as like you know i can't call the cops and all that gross stuff but i'm gonna need your program card my program card at that point was your identity in the school right and i think this was this was probably like four maybe five months into ninth grade okay and the rest of the semester i was shitting bricks and he never did anything <laughs> you were just like i'm so, gonna be in trouble i'm gonna be in trouble oh my I'm god each trouble. and every single day i was washing my back like a drug dealer i was like right. oh my god oh my god I used to run after school. I used to run home, try to check the mailbox before my parents got it. Oh, Jesus. I, it was horrible. Check the answer machine the quick of, when you get home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was having the time of my life at that point. So I was just like, oh, but man, oh, definitely scared for like a good portion of the year. Uh-huh. Uh, and he never did anything. Interesting. And those are the only two times that, I, that there's been any kind of trouble. I mean, I've done... I've gone to, I think the last time that I went to, uh, I went to Brooklyn. I had a mentor at that point. So mm -hmm. pretty much, you know, helped me get around that pretty much navigate the graffiti space. That sounds fantastic and hilarious. Um, peace out to Mars 21W if you're still around. And I went to Brooklyn uh, to do my first piece outside in the park. And, you know, we're there and we're talking, whatever. And there was a long wall. It's kind of like a, a wall of fame to a certain degree. I don't remember necessarily the area that I was in because this was, again, ninth grade. I'm 41 right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's where I met Echo. Uh, I don't know who he was at that point. And then not that long after, he started sprouting, sprouting shirts and, you know, pants everywhere and whatnot. So I've met him when, you know, he was just a regular guy. Right. And so I was literally spray painting next to him and stuff like that. So it was like Wild. that time period, you yeah. know, um, but it was fun. It was fun. But it reminds man, me of uh, talking with Darren Cullen from Graffiti Kings. Cause of course he also got into some trouble, you know, doing street art. I can but then imagine. That kind of turned around for him where they basically hired him to do street art. I know. You that's, know? Isn't that and you great? think, shouldn't, you know, there be more, I don't know. I feel like, there could be more proactivity there in that regard with kids who are into that stuff and take it and go, Hey, you're actually pretty good at this. And, you know, direct it in a positive way, you know, it can be, it's, you know, I, and I do agree with you. Um, it, there should definitely be more of an embracing the art aspect of it, not necessarily just the vandalism, right? Which is just as fun, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, if you want to stay out of jail, obviously, you know, uh, but it should be embraced um, around when the time when I was writing up. You know, you saw it here and there. Yeah. Um, but not to the fact of where, you know, it kept kids out of trouble and all right. that great stuff. But, it, it, you know, you see them here and there. 
but it definitely should be embraced more than what it was and should be now. Mm-hmm. So moving forward through your teens, you're, you're out of street art. Where did things go for you then? You said you were in graphic, graphic design. design. Yeah. So obviously the rest of my high school years, uh, I did graffiti for like two, two and a half years. Uh-huh. And it just, I found photography, I guess. I guess okay. maybe that's what took me out of that side of the art realm. And so I got more into photography. You know, I had a borrowed Minolta uh, SLR. Nice. And, you know, just getting used to shooting, learning apertures. It was a brand new world. <laughs> totally. Um, so then that came into play. I was still painting. I was still drawing. But photography kind of took over. Mm-hmm. And obviously graphic design. So then from there, you know, I went to school for graphic design for our, um, visual communications and arts. And I've been a graphic designer ever since. Every single job that I've had is graphic design, you know, cre- either creating on a freelance or professional. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you still work as a graphic designer in addition to doing these artworks, am I correct? Mm-hmm. Correct, right? correct. So, so I have a weird position. I have a, my position currently right now is a, it's like three jobs in one. Okay. Because I do the respect from graphic design. Um, but I do also client relations one-to-one and, oh. uh, I also, I work for print right now. Mm-hmm. So what we do is, or what my department does is we do automation. So what we'll do is we'll pretty much make things cheaper and faster for companies to print. And what that consists of creating workflows for them, custom workflows mm-hmm. in order to get the jobs produced and printed cheaper. So with this current job, I'm kind of at the forefront of things, right? So. It's not just me sitting there at a desk and saying somebody coming to me, Hey, you got to create this. Now I'm actively going to the clients and saying, well, this is what we can offer you. Uh, if automation makes any sense, Mm -hmm. then fantastic. And I'm pretty much having the one-on-one relationship with the client and also creating templates. I don't know what's going on. Allergies. Yeah, it's horrible. Like I'm like tearing and everything. (laughs) um so it is different now but i think i think print has ran its course with me okay okay (laughs) um because i'm no longer as happy as i was before with it okay and i love print i've i've had a print job ever since i got out of was in college okay but it's it's not going to where i want to go and i'm more interested in the nft world than anything else at this point i mean i eat sleep and breathe it um so i think that's the next step for me i think yeah. the next step is to pretty much have my hands on building and creating outside of art within the nfts world interesting outside of art can you elaborate yeah well uh maybe <laughs> <laughs> so Let's just say my idea, my idea a notebook is getting larger as I go. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> um, so obviously art will forever be the top love of my life besides my family and my kids. Yeah. Um, but I've always had the curiosity of people's stories, uh, talking to people like mm-hmm. how we're talking right now. And I've always wanted to 
bring something different to a certain platform or a platform, whether it be created by me or not, to showcase other people's stories and to showcase what a lot of other platforms don't necessarily speak on. Mm. Um, and that's why I, you know, I'm also working on a podcast, but it's more on the internal workings of an artist okay. and not just, and not just, you know, oh, we're, I got a new piece out. Let's talk about the new piece. Uh-huh. It's more on what we personally go through as artists mm. internally. And then, you know, we talk about it and, you know, we'll interesting. bring up stories of, you know, what has happened to us or what we've gone through of how much we've grown, but from an internal point of view, not mm-hmm. just a promotional point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm always interested. You know, I'm, I'm the person that goes to like somewhere busy and I just people watch, you know, it's just Oh yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so I'm one of those, um, but I wanted to put an audio form. Yeah. And I think this might be the year uh, I started working on it already. And who knows, there might be some other stuff that there is some other stuff that I, I'm working on uh, entertainment wise. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so this podcast, is this, it, it, is might, this live be, at this point, you know, this podcast? Say it again. Is this podcast live? Is it? available it no i i haven't recorded with the intent of what i am intending right now okay so my i had a podcast before mm-hmm. because when when chinese me first started oh no i have it's my dog mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my dog needs to go oh uh, it happens hold on <laughs> yeah i heard him I gotta, I gotta tell my son to go come and get him. It's okay. Give I can just one pause. One second. It. Are you I'll pause it. Yeah. No. Not All a right, problem. Thanks. Not a problem. I'll be right back. Okay. I'm back. Oh, right on. Perfect. Sorry about that. So we were talking about the podcast, and I asked you, yes. "Is it releases it live anywhere?" And then right. you said you did have a previous podcast. Yeah. So when Giants Meet started as an art and media blog or art and music blog, right? Um, I started in 2008. Once again, the focus of the site was to shine a light more on independent artists. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of local artists here. Um, I worked with some of them. I did some uh, event uh, coverage uh, for like the Latin American music conference and stuff like that. So it's always been something that I'm a part of that I love and I believe in. Um, it was very short lived, though, because when I did it, I don't really like hearing the sound of my voice. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I'm never like at the forefront. Like I don't like being in a video. I don't uh-huh. like, you know. Um, <laughs> See, I'm okay with hearing it for myself. It's when other people hear it and I'm around that I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You know okay? what? So, that, so, I think that might be it. <laughs> so like, say for example, I play a little clip to somebody. I'm like, oh, I hate how I sound in front of them. Do you know what I mean? Like right, on my right. own, it's fine, but. You're just like, man, I sound pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I had that. And uh, the main focus of when Giants meets before was never about me and always about somebody else. Mm-hmm. So that's why it, is, it was called when Giants meet, because mm-hmm. it was when others come together. And when they come together, they would be on the site. Hence the name when Giants meets. Um, 
So, you know, we, uh, one of the guys on my collective, he's uh, the one cam, fantastic photographer, and he does insane toy photography scenes. Mm. And so we would go to toy fair every year, you know, we would get press passes to all that good stuff. And we just sat down and recorded one, one day when we get, we went to toy fair. Uh-huh. And I was just like, Oh, this is like weird. Cause I'm hearing myself. And then after that, I, I I've only done two episodes, right? Okay. <laughs> so far since 2008, that's how much, you know, I wow, don't like hearing myself. A lot of time invested in each episode. Oh yeah. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so knowing, uh, how I sounded the first, with the first one, I was just like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do this again. Uh, and, and the quality wasn't, uh, you know, it didn't, it wasn't there where I wanted to. Be. Okay. So like I said, if the quality's not there, I might as well just not do it. Mm-hmm. And then I gave it another go. Uh, the next one was like an update to like, just stuff that was happening with the side. At that point, I was doing a couple of like merch stuff. I was doing like t-shirts. Right. And you know just the overall scope of the site itself mm-hmm. while at the same time uh i played some I, I i made a custom playlist of like indie artists and i played it on the podcast and then that's it never again so i'm reviving the podcast it's coming back nice um with a different focus awesome uh so it's still the same it still has the same heart and soul of the story of an artist of showing somebody that's independent and stuff like that but more on the mental health side, mm-hmm. which I think is personally lacking within crypto art. Okay. Or art in, art in general. Because, I mean, there's a lot of us that go through whatever we go through in life. And we try to put it in but an art form and have a, sometimes a hard time just dealing with it. You know, we see it every day. Sure. Uh, whether it be issues that we may internally have or that somebody else is... Um, publicly sharing with us or you know privately so i just think that there has to be some sort of storytelling involved within the community Mm -hmm. so that we in turn can be better at you know just dealing with life in general Mm -hmm. as an artist Mm -hmm. and which like i said it's not necessarily prevalent in crypto art (laughs) barking now you want to do you want to let him in Oh no, my son does. Oh, good. Yeah. My son has him. <laughs> he's like he's a little puggle, but he thinks he's like five hundred pounds. He's like twenty. <laughs> he's one of those Napoleon complex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a miniature poodle. He's the same way. Oh yeah. Napoleon <laughs> he's always complex. trying to dominate dogs that are like ten times his size. What's hilarious exactly. is most of them are subservient. Most of them kind of bow to him. It's hilarious. I know. He just it's, has it's that presence to him. Thing. I guess he's a confidence right now. Like, why are you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> so you know so and i think um you know and it could be obviously opinion because everybody has an opinion on it i think that there's a lot of false positives or what's the term maybe double negatives okay in crypto in general but also in crypto art where you put on your happy face no matter what's going on okay i see uh and you know that just people putting up facades, inside, right? Having a certain image, right? Like while breaking down at the inside. And I'm not saying, oh, we're gonna celebrate being depressed or none of that stuff, because it's not about that. It's about sharing with each other what Acceptance, we're going through, right? Right. With accepting what we're going through, what we might be going through, or 
you know, whatever the case may be, or our story. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen that uh, very prevalent in the new wave of artists that has come in. And, you know, there's obviously more to us than just a Twitter post. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's my, at the same time that I like seeing where people are coming from, what they're about, you know, what their past is. I also really care about mental health mm-hmm. of just in general, but especially of artists, because a lot of us are pretty much torture souls to a certain degree. Um, and especially when you're telling us to sell something. Mm. Right. So when it gets to the point of like, well, I just want to sell art, which is fine. There's a lot that comes with it. Yeah. There's a lot of tirelessly promoting yourself to the, to the part of you're not looking like a shill, but it's you tricky. still got to do it somehow. It's, tricky. it's a very weird balance yeah. and it throws off a lot of people and some just i don't want to deal with it or do deal with it but you know they get angry and and you know some to a certain degree almost all artists that sell artwork sometimes feel like a monkey with a tin cup you know dancing Mm. for sense yep um so it's also a way to explore that those kind of feelings and you know mental health is important there's not that much of a focus on that right now um besides hype besides you know false positivity and whatnot and, you like know, in terms of it being an authentic discussion. Correct. Correct. There's not a lot of criticism of art in general. There's just like, oh, my God, this is genius. Ah, mm. I love it. Ah, you know, which is fine. And there's a, an insane amount of pieces right now. And the talent that's here right now is, shoot, I'm almost jealous sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, they're creating this. And they just came in. Holy shit. Right. You know? Right. But, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of falseness out there and there's a lot of thing, you know, and it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to say, Oh, you know, not, you know, I don't feel like selling today or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some people feel compelled to do it no matter what. And mm-hmm. it's also another form of saying, Hey, it's okay. You know, it's okay to be normal. It's okay to have problems, have issues. That's what makes us artists sometimes. You yeah. Know? Um, but, you know, just to put a little a focus on, feeling better with our own mental health to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. I myself am normally happy. I'm not really depressed or anything like that. Um, but, you know, you see a lot of hurt out there. Yep. And I want to do my part as much as possible to help explore and perhaps maybe just share stories that people feel that they can't, you know? Um, so it's my way of kind of giving back, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's in talk, it, it's in talks right now. And I'm trying to flesh out a couple of ideas to where I don't, I'm not going to be Dr. Phil because obviously one, I'm not a psychiatrist <laughs> Two, nor I, I, I don't think Phil. he is either actually. Yeah. I, yeah I don't think he is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a, again, just like selling crypto art is a fine balance because I don't want to make it seem like I'm going to solve problems. And yeah, you know, it's more on sharing the human side of it, sharing the human side of crypto art. You mm-hmm. know, there's somebody behind that template. There's somebody behind that piece. There's somebody behind that avatar NFT, you know? Um, and I know it's going to be tough because, you know, there's a lot of people there, there's walls put up yep. besides being anonymous, which is fantastic and okay. But there's personal walls put up 
uh, when it comes to emotions in the space. Yep. So yeah. I know it's going to be tough. But... I think though it can be constructive in that when you you mentioned Twitter, you know, it's yeah. pretty difficult to be authentic in a, you know, this many character you know, limit. What is it now? Two hundred and eighty now? I don't remember. I don't give a no. I always say one hundred and forty because that's all I know. Yeah, <laughs> but it might be two forty. I'm not sure. But it's you know it's hard, and, mm. and things can be misconstrued. And, oh yeah. You know, you tweet something. Even I've done this where you tweet something and then you think about it. You go, wait a minute, that's not what I meant. And so then you go and delete yeah. it. But by then, people have already seen it. And you're like, ah, <laughs> crap. <laughs> Right. You you see that one like that comes in. I'm like, oh, dang, <laughs> like, that's not what I wanted to say. <laughs> I, I posted something recently that my first sentence completely contradicted the rest of what I wrote. And I was just hmm. like, oh, God, I can't edit this. <laughs> so I had to make an asterisk. And I'm like, this is what I meant. Because <laughs> you look at it and you're like, what the hell is going on with this guy? Um, yeah, you know, it's yeah, interesting yeah. when you look at that Twitter delete thing and people want you to be able to edit your tweets. And I'm, I'm I'm with Twitter on this one. I don't think that's a good idea. Because yeah, we don't need it. if you tweet something and then someone replies and then you go back and edit what you tweeted, their reply can then be misread. Misconstrued. Yeah, right. absolutely. And people and could manipulate things that way. Of course. I'm all for living with what you've put out. Yeah. Right? Be it Twitter be it real life if you chose this path then you chose that path like that's what it is you just have to be ready for whatever comes after that right right now uh what year was it i think it was in 2019 you know how they're always coming up with twitter clones and whatnot um, right but i ran into peepeth peepeth mm. where it was just like twitter but you couldn't delete what you wrote uh-huh it was on blockchain, it, you can't delete it. You can't hide it. It's there. So whatever you put there is going to stay there. And I was like, man, this is a great idea. Because at the same time that people have to be a little bit more aware of what they're writing, when they're writing sure. it, and to who they're writing it to. And I'm not saying that you have to watch your mouth, but sometimes you don't have to be a dick. <laughs> that's a good piece of advice it, right there to put it in simple terms sometimes you just don't have to be like that. some people that's how people that get their engagement if you look at some of these folks oh in nft twitter now that's how yeah. they're getting likes and retweets and it's just inflammatory stuff right? that we shall not name no i will not name them <laughs> but you're right and and you know it's it's sad that it can be a business move Yep. And it actually receives the engagement that it receives. Yep. And there's people that they're like, yeah, again, a certain form of tribalism that I personally don't necessarily prescribe to at all whatsoever. So I don't understand when that happens. And I'm like, you guys can clearly see what they're doing. And people are like, yeah, screw this person. And I'm like, oh, man, they just played you. But see, I don't, have the, I don't have the time or the energy to get into all that drama either. Like... There's only I've so much, myself. you know, like here you are in this moment. Is that your best use of that moment to be just, you know, getting upset about that? I just leave it. You know what I mean? I just walk away from stuff like that. There's a lot of, maybe that's bad. I head. don't know. <laughs> What's that? I just have a lot of Twitter drafts mm. <laughs> that I'm like, does this make sense still? No, nah, I'm deleting it. <laughs> and I've gone on my own rants, of course. Sure. I, I sometimes sound like an old man, like. Well, back when I started, you know, it was like, what back in my days. day. Yeah. 
we nobody criticizes art you know um so i've gone through my own little rants and whatnot and it's you don't want to create time for lost energy you know right and the little that i've touched upon that it's just not worth it it's not worth it you end up wasting time you waste your time you waste everybody else's time right um, and you might mislead somebody to do something that they might just not want to do right now well and you never um, come away from a conversation like that feeling like ah that was good you never do yeah, never you always feel worse never it's just like you know what i should say this too and it's just like hold on relax <laughs> don't say that <laughs> <laughs> and you know like the like the recent uh talks about influencers right yeah obviously i feel a certain way about them um but to a certain degree, they do and can coexist with just everything else. Mm -hmm. uh, just the same way that you might not like pop music, but it has its place in history. It has its place in, you know, the radio and whatnot. Sure. Um, they have a they have a place. Mm -hmm. um, they have helped. Some of them have helped a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to a certain form of personal attacking whether whether it's a financial attack or not going to make it you know yeah it makes you feel a certain way you know it's just like this is not what this is about like at least not for me yeah um when i got into crypto it was because i'm like wow this makes perfect sense like this mm -hmm. is great not government control this is fantastic run by the people all right let's go to see it seem like it's somewhat regressing like right. we're still going back to like youtube vlogger like type of influence it's a little sad but yeah you yeah, know i'm you. hoping that the message that they're conveying whether it be a positive or a negative one can be more widely seen for what it is mm -hmm. and not for what people think it is because mm -hmm. there's fud everywhere of course but <laughs> they have they have their place Yep. What did you think of those giant uh, Twitter NFT giveaways? What did you think of that? Uh, no. <laughs> it's, I wanted one. Yeah, I for replied for one because I was like, hey, I'll flip this. Right. For the simple fact of like, oh my God, I know this is going to fetch a good amount. Yeah. I was like 50 Ethereum somebody got for that. I, I know this is Come insane. on. But look at it this way. Um, it's a part of history. Right? Yep, it is. That's why they're valuable. Right. To know that a company that at one point had didn't want anything to do with NFTs or crypto, shadow banning people, blocking people, suspending people left and right, to know that they themselves said, okay, wait, maybe it's cool. Mm -hmm. It's a huge thing. It's a huge step forward uh, when it comes to mass adoption, which yeah, totally. most of us want right it's not about keeping it in the cool kids club it's about everybody can get an nft like let's do this right everybody has their say everybody has their space so to see them do that at first i was just like oh twitter's doing it and i'm like wait a second <laughs> no this is big like this is really big it is interesting and that they chose rareable of all places i i was surprised but not surprised at the same time 
as of late foundation has gotten a lot of those big names right uh whether it be like the old memes that are coming up now that you know they're yeah. selling the originals and whatnot um but they've been working with a couple of brands mm-hmm. and to see them go through rareable might be more that makes sense just because rareables open market you know yep. it's not necessarily open sea but right. it's like safeguarded to a certain degree. I kind of no. would have preferred OpenSea. I feel like that would have been a better fit, personally. Right, but you know, I think the problem might be there. Is because of the whole open storefront kind of thing issue uh-huh. that's still going around lately, and people might see that as like, oh, well, if they did it this way, or even if they're there, who cares? So I think they just want what wearable to go more towards the independent route and not just the big market. Okay, because. As much as Rarible is an open market, just like OpenSea, it's a lot smaller in volume and everything else. So I just, they want it to be independent, but not really, because, you know, they're Twitter. <laughs> it's Twitter. <laughs> but I, I, like, I collect all sorts of different NFTs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I collect. Oh, hey, yeah. Thank you so much for picking up a couple of mine. Oh, you got yeah, one of them no over on on Hen, and then the other day yeah, picked one up yes, on uh, OpenSea. So yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah, I love them. The use of color and line work is, I love it. Well, I, thank I, you I very much. Like, you were the first person to buy from that kind of new style I was doing, so that was very encouraging. Well, I hope that spurs a whole lot more of them. <laughs> yeah, I got a <laughs> bunch that. more sales uh, within the last day or two. So really, yeah, yeah, fantastic. So it was really cool. See, that's great. See, you know, that's that's crypto art. This is crypto yes. art. Yes. You know? And so then, you know, going back to the collecting NFTs, it's something that while I collect, I collect what I like, right? First and foremost, I have to like it. If not, I'm not going to bother with it. Right. I don't care. I, to a certain, I, I'm a, I'm a hippie in those kind of terms, like where I'm like, if I like it, I'll buy it. I don't care yep. about hype. I don't care whatever, whatever. But it's always nice if you, somebody offers you something that you're just like, holy shit. Okay, well, I'll take it. Sure. But it's not the primary mindset when I go into and when I collect art or collectibles or any of that good stuff. So I, it's weird because I use marble cards to collect certain pieces of time. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> to have that, which the Twitter NFTs are a piece of history, knowing when it's happening and, you know, how it happened – and you know obviously people complain but one they were free mm-hmm. like why would you complain about free nfts for anybody <laughs> like just let it happen like who cares even if twitter comes in and says okay well that's it they made their small percentage on on open on open or rareable as far as on royalties are concerned yeah. mm-hmm. but the grand majority went to whoever sold it yep so it's like whatever like let them do whatever isn't that yeah, what see, to me, about? it didn't seem I, there were people who were upset about it for reasons I don't fully understand. You know, to me, it's like, OK, this is meant to be open. Yes. Including absolutely. the big corporate big wigs. They can Everybody. also play here. I mean, hell, I'm going to I'm pretty sure that at one point or another, Chase or Citibank is going to have NFTs. <laughs> Go <laughs> Are ahead. you going to complain about that? Like, yeah. who cares? <laughs> But, you know, that's the thing. And that's the thing that gets to me. And it is supposed to be open. It is supposed to be like, well, you could do whatever you want with your money. You can yeah. do whatever you want with your contract. Why are you speaking against that? 
Yeah, if Lindsay Lohan wants to make an NFT, I remember that was the classic one. God, rare, but, you know, <laughs> you know and, and it's like, you know what though? Go ahead and make your NFT. And if people want to buy yeah. it, great. You know, like that's the whole point of the whole ecosystem is that it's well, open for anybody, including people you don't like. Exactly. It, it doesn't matter if you like them or not. Yeah. You're going to stop them from making NFTs just because you don't like why they're there. I mean, think about all the ICOs that have happened and all the projects that are rug pulls, you know? Yeah. But now you got That's a bit of a different story with a rug pull because there there is some malicious intent there, you know what I mean? There oh, of course. But they won't a lot of people won't necessarily speak out against that. They'll speak out against Twitter giving out free NFTs. <laughs> so it's like what are you here for? You know, are you here for uh, inclusiveness and everybody gets to create whatever the hell they want, everybody gets to buy whatever they want, whatever currency, whatever NFT? Or are you here to keep it within the small community that it's in now? Right. Well, like, even we in my opinion, even, if, even if Twitter minted the NFT and put it up for a million bucks, go ahead. Like, if someone As they wants say, to pay it Twitter mean it's sell for a million, bucks. a million dollars, you know, for an NFT, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and But then that's the thing. That's, you know, at least the reason why I'm absolutely in love with NFTs is because I can do whatever I want with them. Exactly. Whatever like, especially is, being a graphic matter. designer, like in your day yeah. work, you're always having people say, hey, we want this, we want this, we want this. <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. And in the NFTs, you're going, I want to do this. I want to do yeah. this. I want to do this. And, and everybody that I explain NFTs to at first, they're like, I don't understand. Like, but what is it? And I'm like, listen, you see how you have story rewards now. It's all digital. How you collect, how I collect Star Wars cards is all digital and stuff like that. Just think of it that, but then you could do whatever the hell you want with it when yeah. you have it. Yes. You it's actually it, you yours. Give it away, yeah. you know? So they're like, oh, we're already living in a crypto centric world, but it's a terminology that confuses people. Yeah. You know, yeah. saying, you know, non fungible. Like, nobody cares that's normal nobody cares about that shit yeah you know they don't care who you're using to wire the money from they don't care what ip is running on they don't care on the the internet provider that is running on they yep. just want to get the money from here to over there yeah and i think that's where it needs to get to like where we're at right now you know we're the nosy geeks that love this stuff sure. right yes like i love it i i want to learn everything about it you we're know, like I the beta testers it, I collect it I, I, yeah let's break some stuff right um but a grand majority of the world they don't want to care about what network is ran on they don't want right. to care on they want to know okay is it safe yes is it mine absolutely can i sell it for whatever sure doesn't mean it's gonna sell but yes that's it yep that's when people's eyes light up and they're like oh which okay. is why it's really unfortunate when something like Hick at Nunk has this thing happen with this yeah. copy mint disaster. Because <laughs> you had yeah. a lot of new people come in there, right? And and people that or that moved pieces. Yeah. I and mean, I don't know about the whole reminting aspect of it, but you know, people moved all their pieces or yes. it solely on him. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Totally. I mean, of course, uh, there yeah. is the object dot bid alternative i tried that, that recently does work they updated it mm. i don't know if you've seen the update but with the update I you can do like additions Friday. and you can do 
Like oh, it's really? pretty smooth now. Yeah. They, I saw somebody. Oh my god, I forget who it was that I saw on Twitter. That they said that object dot bid was what we in hand kept asking for, mm. but that it just works. It does work like, better than Hen did. It does. It, yeah. It's more responsive. You know what's it, weird? It's faster. You know what's weird? In Hen, I didn't mind the slowdowns. I didn't mind. It the, felt like, kind of oh, nostalgic almost, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, at one point, I felt like my mom was going to pick up the phone and drop my internet connection. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Don't pick up the phone. <laughs> Don't, I'm online. The so, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it, I guess maybe that's why I was okay with it. Um, right. Because it brought back the sense of simpler times and yeah. about the art and about the artists and not just about, oh, I got this new drop coming in and it's a timed open edition, which is horrible. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it brought back the focus. So that's art, your opinion you know? on that issue. Oh God. <laughs> Open editions are not time exclusive. They're open forever. That's why it's called open. <laughs> Elaborate. What do you mean? I mean, once the times run out, then it's out. What do you What do you mean by them being? Well, if it's a if it's timed, if anything that's timed, it has an expiration. Yeah. It has a time to where it's no longer open. Yeah. You can't call something open when you close. I see what you're saying. <laughs> you know, so. This is a and I'm coming from, and this is from a, a old school collector standpoint of view. And I, yeah, know, yeah. I could be batshit crazy wrong, but I, you know, I collect NFTs too, so I know what that's all about. So it's one of those where an open edition it is around forever. There's no card count. There's no predetermined date that this will go away. It's open, you know. So to have an open edition then close after five minutes, 15, 12, whatever. Is that really open? You're stopping it. You're closing it. So, so there's no is it just a matter of nomenclature? Should it be called a timed sale I, or? I think I, it, I mean, is this generic, but it, it, I think it should be a timed exclusive. I, yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I see what you're saying. It is a misleading term. It is. To call and it And they're open. like, oh, well, it's open. You know, it's open. They can mint as many as you want for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, but what happens after those 10 minutes? <laughs> That's not open. I hear you. And, you know, I've debated on it on Twitter and all that stuff. But, yeah, <laughs> I, it's not an open edition. In in normal collecting terms, which obviously some verbiage doesn't necessarily translate well to the new world of NFTs. Yeah. But in this case, I think it does because if something's open, it never closes. Right. If you're saying this you can edition, just continue to buy that edition into right perpetuity. And that's why like in normal collecting terms, it could have a card count. Like it could come out today, right? 2000 people collect it. There's 2000 editions out there and yep. you can say, all right, well, we're going to bring this back when the anniversary comes up or the, for the project or whatever. It just keeps growing because it's open. It, there's an, there's not a predetermined time mm -hmm. frame or card count or NFT count. I guess the issue for most case. people would be, oh, then there's no assignable value to this because there's no I set mean, point of scarcity. Is there? <laughs> so it's that's another thing. So that's where 
uh, I've seen open editions go for an insane amount of money that I'm like, I don't know what you just collected. Yeah. So, what, you know, how, how would that happen? Could they not just buy the, the, the yet another of the open edition pieces that's cheaper? Well, according to that platform, <laughs> they don't bring it back. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. If it's timed. Yes. Right. So it's time. So there's a definitive cutoff. Yeah. If you're telling me that, hey, at this point, you cannot make any more. Mm -hmm. Is it open? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So I know what I think of, you know, when you look at some of these, like, say, the Beeples that had, like, how many of those were there? There were, like, a thousand of them or whatever. And what what do a lot of people scream and yell about? Scarcity. Yeah, right. Like, it it, it all depends. What are your thoughts on that as an artist? Like, you know, is it bad to be really prolific? Like, I make a lot, a lot of art. I make a lot of art whatever what comes out when it comes out however it comes out i don't know why i always ask people this opinion because i feel yeah. like you know i'm just going to keep making it so i've i take little periods of where i would stop minting to see if what i already have out there sells you know right <clears throat> so i'll have a backlog of art that i'm just like ready to mint stuff mm-hmm. um but i remember when i first got into crypto art I was minting every two to three days. Right. And it was like constant. And it was something that I was just like, oh my God, I got to get this out. So then no personal schedule. It just worked out that way. Okay. Um, so in one week, I could have anywhere from three to six pieces out there. Yeah. You know, now, mind you, it was a little bit different because I was on additional. You remember that? No. So additional was a minting platform a mobile minting platform okay see i actually didn't enter nfts until 2020 so i was in crypto before that that, but nfts not until 2020. so you missed that part so Mm -hmm. so additional additional has a soft spot in my heart because after query i saw additional i was just like oh this is pretty cool i started minting there yeah um that's where i met uh let's see i met a business there i met my life is better than yours there uh point shark was there like that's where we came from you know yeah and a lot of us came from there um fanny was there uh i i think i'm gonna mispronounce the name but i'm gonna say it lapi mignon yeah well Uh, but whatever yeah so we that's where we came from that's Mm -hmm. where we were just like oh my god we're minting and we were minting every two to three days. It was just like, oh, well, this one is 10 editions. This is whatever. And you could sell literally in the app. So mm-hmm. the app had a ETH wallet and everything. And it was fantastic. Now, what ruined it was that people were minting pictures of their food, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> but it was open. Right. So you can mint whatever the hell you want, whenever the hell you want, and sell it literally within the app. And right. the app had an ETH wallet and everything. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that's not that was for my time. Yeah, it was fun. It was definitely fun. Um, but, you know, like it's open. Like that's what we strive for on a daily basis in crypto. At least Where do you see I that did. going in the future? I mean, is it just going to keep getting more and more closed up, you think? Feels um, like it's kind of heading that way in a sense. I mean, everyone's once, while you get an open platform, but. Yeah, once more brands come in, and obviously they will, I think that markets are going to start to get segmented into individual marketplaces where they control yeah um 
which to a certain degree I'm okay with because that means it's open. That means yep. I don't have to control that. I there's not uh, somebody that's controlling the supreme NFT department, you know, whatever. Fragmentation is not, not necessarily a bad thing, right? Right. As long as it's decentralized in the aspect yeah. of, you know, using IPFS or Pinata to upload to that or, you know, provenance and not losing what's what makes NFTs fantastic. You know, as long as we have that, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. But it has been you know, uh, with certain platforms asking for KYC and all that right. good stuff. It, it's a little weird, right? Because we don't want to be regulated, but then there's certain people out there that they're like, well, this, they can't do this. No offense, but who the hell are you to say that? <laughs> yeah. You know, right? You know? Yep. So it's a double, it, I think it's a double edged sword. Yeah. Because we love that. We're like, wow, we could collect whatever the hell we want when we want it at whatever time we could be early we could be late it doesn't matter woo free world but when some it, it takes a certain type of person of course to go wait a second well this guy shouldn't be in that platform right because he copied a piece or whatever or uh the, why are they making another ten thousand uh nft project avatar project why not yeah yeah, if, go it, ahead. No, like people want them. People are collecting them. Let them collect whatever the hell they want. Yep. That's what being open is about. That's what being NFTs, being into NFTs and collecting what you love is about. It's not about you safeguarding who you want to come in. Now, the intent with what they come in obviously is important, right? Mm. Um, but not just because they come in. Yep. You know, I, just, very... I can't I can't get away from the notion that it it's it must just be envy like, you know, a person that's like resenting, you know, this new thing that makes millions of dollars, you know, some 10,000 whatever thing. And they're yeah. sitting there going, hey, but, you know, I really work hard on my art and I'm not making millions of dollars. And, you know, you kind of have to get to a point and go, that's OK. I mean, it's a free market if people want to buy. Yeah. It's collectible here and they don't want to buy your art like that's it's a free market it is what like, it is you know listen my the i've been fortunate enough that i can ask for a minimum on my pieces now mm -hmm. there's avatars selling for way more than my art pieces yeah what am i gonna do about it? like that's not something that i i, sh I feel that my energy should be focused on right right well and my, my argument energy... with that too is usually the people who are interested in that avatar collectible aren't necessarily going to be spending their money on say your art or my art or right. these other right. artists because Absolutely. it's not hitting their interest. Absolutely. And there are collectors that are, I, I collect them, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not as big in the collector uh, avatar collectors realm world, but once I start getting a taste of what I like, I'm going to get way more of it. I, that's just how it works. You know, have you flipped any of those kind of things? I have, but yeah. not, nothing, nothing too crazy. It, okay. Cause again, I, the majority of the times I get a collector's attachment to things. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. So I'll have, let me see as of right now, like for example, my latest, like, Oh my God, I love this is called is a uh, bit lectures dream loops. Right. So mm -hmm. they're pixelated um, NFT pieces that have chiptune music on them and you own the chiptune uh, okay. pieces and everything. Right. Okay. So I was like, wow, this is a really cool idea. It's completely random. 
they have different traits, different art pieces that are on there. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, this is great. I'm gonna get a couple. I have 40. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> at them all here on uh, rainbow.me. You've got a lot it's a of problem. Them. Yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things where can I sell some of those for a lot more than what I got it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Will I? Probably not. Interesting. But well, or maybe I in the future you will, right? Just not right, now. But, yeah. Or, or the, but the thing is that I don't take offense to to somebody that is a flipper, right? Right. Like at first you're just like, oh, this kind of sucks. But to a certain degree, they're also part of the ecosystem. They're also part of the market itself. With the um, royalties, I'm I'm all for yeah. it. Of course. Of yeah. course. And it's one of those things where, again, why are you preventing somebody from collecting something that you don't like, that you exactly. don't prefer? Yeah. You know? And when it comes to art, I mean, I've been drawing and designing all my life, you know, to see a bored ape go for like God knows how much <laughs> that it took me months to get there. I'm like, shit, man, that's crazy. But, you know, it's different. It's a, it's a collectible that it gives whoever's collecting them or whoever likes to collect them. It gives them a sense of belonging that maybe art doesn't give to them, you know, sure. or a sense of community or a sense of uh, just being a collector, you know, just having that. Oh, I just want something rare, which yeah. is fine. We, we have the hype beast kind of atmosphere in NFTs. Right. So, you know, like it's, my energy is better spent on complaining about art than, <laughs> than collectibles, you know? <laughs> so it's, you know, I reserve my energy now a lot more than what I used to. Uh, but yeah. Is man, that part of just people... becoming more mature, you think? Or I think so. Yeah. It's either that or I got really tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, like I, a lot of the concentration that I have right now besides my own art and besides whatever projects I want to work on is letting the new people that are coming in know that it's not just about hype. That is not just about getting big numbers. Right. And that somebody does appreciate your art besides you, you know? Right. Exactly. And yep. you know, you hear like, Oh, well I haven't sold in months and this isn't this. And I, I've, I've got that, you know, and it's one of those things that it doesn't necessarily stop me because that's not, I'm not here to be here for a couple of months. Yep. Like this is it. I, I I want this until I go to the other side, as they say. Um, Yep. Well, the plus side of the low being, you know, gas fees are nice and low. Like I've been able to mint stuff over the last few days for, you know, six bucks. I know. Oh no, it's been fantastic. And then to know (laughs) that that's happening while there's a lot of people uh, coming in, of course, a lot of people that are interested in NFTs, and that was one of the main concerns, right? When sure. a whole bunch of people come in and you're like, oh my God, this is great. And then gas fees fly through the fucking roof. Yeah. So you're like, okay, great. So to make this piece is going to cost me 220 yeah. in USD. I'm like, oh crap. Okay. Well, I guess I got to hold off. <laughs> no kidding. So yeah. again, it's like something that you move with the markets. Like I've, I have minted pieces that have literally cost me 200, 300 bucks. Yeah. I've done that on a couple. And I still have some of those. Yep. So it's like <laughs> I'm playing the long game. <laughs> I'm playing the yep. long game. You yep. know, and, and it's before you have a different mindset, or I had a different mindset when it came in. It was more like, 
kind of keep the momentum going like okay well i sell this piece all right cool now let's see this one and like it's, it was like a constant putting i was paving the road as i was walking right yeah i hear you now i've been fortunate to where i have paved my road i have you know i've been fortunate that my name resonates very well in the positive sense to a lot of people mm-hmm. whether it be from within the community or collectors or whatever the case may be where i can focus on art and i'm not like trying to consistently say hey i'm here i'm here i'm here you know right which a lot of us feel that way yeah a lot of people coming in they feel that no reach you see it you you see posts like oh nobody likes my artwork i'm gonna take a break i'm gonna take this isn't that right now i'm like oh break sounds fantastic before yeah. i used to be like well no i gotta do this other piece and i gotta and i gotta i gotta keep it going i gotta keep the momentum going not necessarily realizing that sometimes that ends up hurting you in the long run mm-hmm. yeah you if know? you're burning out right like yeah. you're not gonna be able to service yourself or anybody else in uh, collector wise if you just can't function yep i mean so, i have seen some sad stories of people who are like say it was march or so and they were like that's it i'm quitting my job going full-time into nft you always get scared and then a month <laughs> later they're like crap I need to go back to my job. You know what I mean? It's, it's scary. That happened because, for some people. Oh, it, it definitely has. And some it works and some it doesn't. I personally cannot because I won't let myself. <laughs> I'm in the same so boat. It's one of, the, it's one of yeah. those things where it's just like, okay, I know why I'm here. I know I'm going to be here till my arms and fingers pop off somehow, <laughs> if they ever do. Uh, but, I don't want to risk like I'm I'm a dad, right? I'm a dad. I'm a husband and father of three kids. Yep. It's not something that I could be like, I'm quitting and I'm going full time <laughs> NFT. You know how crazy that shit would sound right now? <laughs> yeah, right you now know, to an outside on Twitter, people as, would be like, What? <laughs> exactly. As as insanely awesome as it sounds to literally wake up and just create art, my responsible side, like not responsible because I don't want to seem like I'm shaming anybody my own conscious i'm like i don't want to do that like and, and for me it I changes a, the way i feel about the art too though i don't know about you but it does. because it does. now i know the art is just purely a fun enjoyable thing right and it's like a youtuber there's no pressure yeah so a youtuber wakes up and it's they, if they don't have another job let's say they don't have a sponsor they're brand new they got to create content no matter what is happening yep. they don't eat yeah you know so to know that i've been fortunate enough to be able to eat and reinvest in myself and other artists and other projects and still be able to grow mm-hmm. from myself or my family and you know be able to do things thankful to the nfts and whatnot that i've sold it's major um and i don't want to risk losing the sense of freedom mm-hmm. that I have now, um, as far as creation is concerned, as far as pressure is concerned, if everything goes away right now, if I sell absolutely nothing from now until whatever, which that would suck, obviously, but <laughs> let's say it happens, you know, I still have something to where my kids will be all right. My wife is going to be okay, mm-hmm. you know? So that's what scares me to lose that and then have them right. go through something that 
because I want it to venture to something crazy and it's doable. I can do that now, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I hear you. I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose it. I don't want to, because of how my art is also, my art has nothing to do with pressure. Like my art has nothing to do with like, well, I have to create this because I got to eat because I got to pay bills because I got to, I do it because I literally want to do it, you know, and, and I want to keep it that way. Well, and there's an authenticity to that, right? Because it's not just yes. a product. It's a personal expression. Right. Right. Which, you know, it's, it's major because that's what my art is about. You may not necessarily see what I see when you see my art, but you know that it came from a place where there were no rules set there. Yep. It was just whatever came out and it's yep. not me putting grits together and I, not trying to play design, a game to see, you know, what will sell right, or whatever. Right, 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 right. It's not like that at all whatsoever. I, uh, my main focus is human emotion, right? Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of abstract work is frowned upon. They're like, oh, well, this is just gibberish on a canvas or on an NFT um, without trying to find out, well, is there something more to this? Mm. Um, that's why a lot of my names and descriptions people looking they're like what is going like what is this so i want to spark that all that internal create uh curiosity as well yeah yeah so that when you look at my piece you're like oh okay i like this and then you look at the name and you're like wait what <laughs> so it kind of brings you to a certain area like you know to a certain feeling where you're not just like oh okay that's a lady hovering above an ocean <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, you know, and that's fine if you make that. But, you know, mine is more of letting people see what I feel, mm. you know, and it's uh -huh. very it's hard. It's not easy. Uh -huh. Well, let's talk because... titles. Sure. Do you start sure. with a concept with the title or is the title kind of just come to you when you're finished or what? The title usually comes to me during or after I'm done. OK. And so how does if... that how does that get sparked in your brain? The title? memories memories mm. and i like i like i love wordplay okay. so something might mean something completely different to me mm -hmm. like let's say you know let's say i say dave and busters for me dave and busters might be something completely different but if you look at my descriptions you'll probably be more in tune with what i'm trying to convey in the art piece mm -hmm. than just like oh that's a weird title that's that's weird as hell like my art is like one of those music videos that at first you look at it and you're like this shit makes no sense like what is this but then and there's a lot of those but then when you look at it you're just like oh okay like it kind of comes together to a certain degree uh -huh. and i'm always open to like people ask me sometimes they dm me they're like oh what does this mean you know mm. and i love that because it's conversation that's what sure. art is about it's not about yep. just like okay cool i got this whatever that means and that's why i like abstract a lot also because there's an openness to it there's an openness to it and like with names with titles and descriptions i can lead you but so far mm -hmm. and that's where i like people to be to get to a certain point that they're like okay well i think there's more to this like maybe i should look at something maybe i'm looking at it maybe only seeing a certain piece or a certain part of it and not just as a whole Mm -hmm. So I like that sense of discovery. I like that sense of self-thought. 
Yep. And that's what I try to convey in my work as well. Do you struggle with titles sometimes? Never. Interesting. No, it, it, that's, and I kid you not, that is what probably, besides creating the art, is one of the most enjoyable things that I do on every single piece. I love it. I love creating titles. Well, there's something about it that gets that spark, right, for the person that's looking. The title is kind of oh like. Oh, God. It, it's amazing. That's starting Yeah, point. I've had titles that people are like, I don't understand. <laughs> and I'm like, just read it. Look at the description. Because I don't like, at the same time, uh, as a designer, I'm used to holding your hand and right. guiding you. Right? Sure. I'm used to telling you, okay, well, this is where your eye should look. This mm -hmm. is where it shouldn't look. This is not important, but this is. My art is a complete opposite. Right. I'm not going to hold your hand. But I'm going to put things here and there. Are they going to seem like hold uh, holding hands? I don't see it that way because I'm saying, okay, well, mm, this sounds weird. What does it mean? And then you look at the art piece and then you try to come to your own conclusion. As opposed to me saying, no, this is what this means. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I love titles. I love, absolutely love titles. I, I remember one time, and this was a while ago. I remember when Matthew in, interviewed me in scent in the scent podcast. And that was one thing that he, he hit on and he's like, I love your titles. And I'm like, Oh my God, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it, I struggle with titles. Sometimes I usually keep mine relatively simplistic, but then there are certain ones like these portraits I've been doing lately where there's just an emotion or a moment that strikes me from them. And I go, okay, that'll be the title. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, I, it, that's like, I want to say half the fun, but then I don't want to yeah. bring down the grandness of the art creation as well. But it's, oh, I love it. I love it. I that's absolutely cool. love it. Interesting. Very cool. And and there's some pieces where, like I said, I'm, I don't necessarily hold hands when I create something and I'm showing it to you. So there are certain things that make complete sense to me because of my memories, because of my experience that you might interpret it completely different. Sure. And that's also something that I absolutely appreciate because somebody else's experience is coming into my work and trying to see, okay, well, what is this about? You know, it's not me telling you that's what it is. Yep. Um, and then obviously I use like, you know, color theory and whatnot from my designer side. Um, but yeah, I don't use rules. I don't have any rules. I don't, the only rules that I have set for myself are for personal presentation of my art. Okay. I, one of my ongoing issues with platforms is that the previews are too small. I know, right? <laughs> Everything is too small. Everything is too small. What annoys me is I, where you can't, Okay, still a problem on Rarible yep. where you go to click the enlarge button and the picture's the same size. Yeah, I'm like, why do anything? Like, let me like, <laughs> like on Known Origin, for example, you can actually see it up close. Yeah. I like that about Known Origin, right? Whereas yeah, yeah. Rarible, it's like, but this is the same size you, and I can't it, it zoom seems, in. I can't zoom in. It see seems the like an afterthought. Yeah, and it's and like, that's this what, is about art. Like, that right. should be a and, and that's what upsets me, because it seems like an afterthought. It's just like, well, you already saw the piece. Why do you have to zoom in? You know, like my pieces. If you completely make them, let's yeah. say like, one hundred pixels by one hundred pixels, all the detail is you're just gonna be like, what the hell is this? Yeah, like, no, there's a ton I of detail. Yeah, 
So like it's I'm looking at the one you one new have unknown origin here called uh, Quarter Circle Moon. Yeah. And there's a ton of detail in there. Now, when you hit the little magnifying glass, you, you can get some appreciation of it, right? Right. Unknown origin does that, and they do it well. And they do it very well. And uh, it's one of the things that I, I brought it up recently. I brought it up to uh, the cyber NFT galleries and stuff that they make. Okay. And I told them, I'm like, listen, I always do this. I'm the guy in Discord saying, hey, what kind of compression are you guys using? <laughs> because um, I feel that my pieces of art work best in larger view. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and well, they, they are detailed. And they have the capability to to do number galleries. So I was recently talking to one of them and I'm like, listen, uh, do you guys compress while on display and then you let us zoom in or, you know, zoom out? Or do you compress once zoomed out? Because this is looking pics. I had screenshots. I was completely dorking out on it. <laughs> and, and the guy's like, oh, you know, I'll DM you tomorrow. We'll see if we can work on compression and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, this is fantastic because I can't have this work displayed that way. <laughs> and, you know, that's always been my thing. I love Super Rare, right? Mm -hmm. You know, all certain issues aside or whatever, they've allowed for me to reinvest in myself, mm. in other artists, um, and in my family, right? Mm -hmm. But their layout, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't <laughs> because the previews are so small. And the mm -hmm. only way that you'll see it at a great decent, I mean, you could click on it and it zooms up to the amount of your browser, yep. but right click open image and new tab is my best friend. Because mm -hmm. I'll see the, you know, and it comes to my work, everybody else's work, I zoom in on everything. It's just me being nosy. No, I, I do the <laughs> same I thing. I everything. do too. I, I, and it does turn me away from browsing on certain platforms because you can't does. get the same appreciation for the piece. That's why I don't mean on Rarible anymore. Mm -hmm. That, and I noticed that um, they were hosting images on Google for some reason. I don't know. Like so, oh. yeah, I, I, but I don't know if that image was just being displayed on Rarible or if it was taken from the OpenSea. I don't know if OpenSea oh, okay. does something in the background and they save a file to a Google server or whatever. Okay. But I noticed that I'm like, wow, that's really weird. Explain. So, I'm not but, following what you mean by that exactly. So when you go on it, when you go to Rarible, right? You click on a yeah, piece yeah. and you want to zoom in. You'll right click open image in new tab. Yes. When you open image in new tab on the top, you'll see that it's hosted on the Google server on the oh, image address. Really? And it also shows the Google photos logo that I was like, what no the way. is this? Really? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. I look at I've them. Never like noticed. Well, I mean, it's not dumb because I think it's important, but, <laughs> but yeah, I do stuff like that all the time. I'm always like, Hmm. I wonder why this is happening. I'm always the the guy that shows up, and I'm like, uh, yes, uh, I noticed <laughs> that you guys are showing at 600 pixels width. We were pushing I'm our glasses guy. up for listeners. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it, but I think that's important because not just for my work, but for everybody else's work that is also being displayed on the platform. Mm -hmm. Because if the focus of an art platform is not necessarily the art, then there's a problem again. What are we doing? Right. <laughs> yes. But you know, it, it's something that I'm consistently looking at and I, and that's why now I'll post like a detailed close-up, a couple of the close-up detail shots on Twitter after I post a piece, mm -hmm. um, just so that people see there's more detail to this than just squiggly lines in a little box. <laughs> 
I was just testing out your thing with Google. I never even noticed that that it goes to it? Google. Yeah. Yeah. See. Hmm. I I don't know. Maybe it's a it maybe is only the low res, but then again, I've seen it also on the high res shots that obviously they're much bigger than yeah. the viewable area there. Right, right, right. Huh. Wild. Yeah. It's weird. I was unaware of that. I've I've i brought it up to a couple of people and uh you know, they haven't gotten back to me. <laughs> I, we'll look I, into I it. That. Thank you for Listen, your input. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do that stuff because at the same time that I don't want my art personally displayed in a way that I think would deter somebody else, just how it would happen to me. Because mm-hmm. if I can't see something, if I know there, there's something else there, mm-hmm. whether it be because of a trained eye or just a regular person, if you see something that's there and you're like, wow, I really like this. And you can tell it has some sort of detail beyond just. Well, there's effort that goes into that, right? Right. So you would want to, I would think you will want to see a little bit more of a little bit more clarity because you know, everything on the web gets compressed. So, you know, I zoom in, I look around, I I see where it's being hosted, (laughs) you know, all that stuff like that makes a difference to me. And a lot of times I'll look at pieces and I'm like, oh, no, I'm out. I still feel like known origin is the best presentation. It is. is, And it's minimal. It's not in your way. Yep. the only i think the only issues that i've i've had this was display issues with known origin but yep. i believe it's because i use the the brave browser i don't uh-huh. use any other browser i've read about that yeah um so it might be that um right yeah so i know i did i did one mp4 <laughs> on there one time and it wouldn't play on my brave browser did it show up at all cuz a lot of times the pieces they just look blank the area where the pieces is just blank let me look here i'm just on my browser right now i haven't I have all your tabs open. I don't have a tab to myself <laughs> open during the podcast. Uh, Fantastic. It's working. <laughs> uh, okay, let me find it. It was uh, kind of a ridiculous one. It's Joe Biden as a zombie <laughs> with two kids. Oh, man. <laughs> Here, you got to check it out. I'm going to send it to you in the chat. All right. <laughs> okay. There it is. It works. It works on my computer. Let's see. The, oh, oh, it doesn't really size it. It doesn't really size it properly. Like it's, oh, I see it. It's going off my screen kind of thing. I can't get the hmm. entire thing contained within my screen. I, I definitely see it. And this is, again, this is something weird because a lot of times I just can't see the pieces on own origin. And again, I don't know if it's just because of the Brave browser. I don't um, know. This was I think um, it might be it. I saved it as an MP4 with my pro with Procreate. Mm-hmm. I also saved it as a GIF. The problem was the GIF was huge. Oh, I would imagine. So I ended up saving it as an MP4 instead. Um, but and I then the, and, don't yeah, like that it has it a too, stupid but... little camera icon. On it, when it's you see the camera icon? Uh, if you go to the thumbnails, it has a little camera icon on it to show that it's a video. But oh, okay, yeah, I see that. Yeah, yeah. that's weird. Yeah, it's not quite displaying the way I want it to display, though, because no matter what you do to zoom your view of the browser, mm-hmm. it stays the same size for some weird reason. And then if you click the magnifying glass, 
you can only look at like half the image. You can't actually look at the entire <laughs> image at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely, that's definitely happens to me. I'm like, oh, damn it. I, I can't see it. That have, again, that's something that I've had with my work that I'm like, oh, you cut it off. Like, great. That's right. Like in Super Rare. Like the oh, you're display, right, though. My GIF isn't displaying correctly. I have another one that's a GIF, and it's just flashing. Yeah. That never used yeah. to happen. That is that a know. new thing? I don't. I hope not. I mean, I've been having issues with it for like I think a couple of months now. Huh. I'm like, okay, that's why a lot of the times I won't go on Known Origin to buy, and I'll uh, look through it on OpenSea, and then okay. I'll buy Known Origin. <laughs> okay. Okay. Huh. That's so, too bad. But yeah, it's you know it's weird. Yeah, it's I, some I bug they the gotta platform. fix. Yeah. I love the platform because they always seem to have the artists in mind, right? That's like, what I was so, just going to say. It's about the art and the artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it feels like you're in good company, you know? Yeah. It feels like, okay, they have the right mindset to protect what we have on there. Mm -hmm. uh, royalties. They are the first ones that did split royalties for collabs. Mm -hmm. That I was like, oh, shoot, that's a big that's deal. fantastic. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, they bumped the royalties up, I think, to like 12%. Is that what it is now? Oh, I didn't I know that. So. Huh. Yeah. That's nice. So it's one of those things where they're actively engaging with a lot of us. And it's one of those things where you don't feel like you're speaking into a void like on certain platforms. Like, right. You know, I'll say a foundation. Mm. I don't like foundation. <laughs> I, I did a, I did a test. It wasn't a test. I did a piece on there. I, did, I collabed with another artist with Jank. Oh um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I put it on there and I'm never going to mint there again, but I put wow. it on there. And I, you know, I spoke to him before that, and I'm like, listen, this is going to be probably like my only piece there. I want to do it to see and go through the motions of it at all and, you know, see what it's like. I can't stand the platform. And I've, I've bought a couple of pieces there, and I just don't like that. You know, you have to pay to claim the piece sometimes. Yeah, the it's contract weird. is annoying. It's weird. And I've bought a couple of things to the founders on Twitter, and they responded to me for a good amount of the stuff. But with the stuff that I had issues with, they didn't say anything. So I'm like, all right, cool. Mm. I see where we stand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they really hit it in terms of they managed to hit the market at the right time. And there's all kinds they of did. FOMO around the platform and everybody mm -hmm. wanted to be on the mm -hmm. platform. And um, I think presentation-wise, I mean, they're good. Presentation-wise, it's they a are, nice that's, platform. That's what grabbed me at first. When yeah. I saw them, I'm like, oh, wait a second. This is pretty good. Yep. Um, and I managed to get three pieces from there. Um, one was Domino. Love the guy. Domino Kate the Cursed. I, I think mm. she's amazing. Mm -hmm. And there was another one. Let me go there real quick. <laughs> but but it was one of those things where you you know, as a collector, you're going in there, but also being an artist, you know you have certain things in mind when it comes to well, okay, do they have to go through this when they're buying my work? Mm -hmm. And I don't want people to go through certain things and I'm like, okay, well, this is not good for me. It might not necessarily be good for anybody else. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, for, so I got three pieces on there. One from Domino, one from Kate the Curse, and one from Rich Two. Fantastic pieces, I think. And mm. I, I might not collect ever again on there. I yeah, think. I don't know. I, I haven't minted anything on there for quite a while, uh, mostly because the gas fees were so ridiculous. And then yeah. you had to pay the gas fee twice. Yeah. And then they took a larger commission. <laughs> uh, 
So. That's what that's what spooked a lot of new artists on there, and they just stayed quiet. Um, and I remember going to one of the groups, and I mentioned it, and they're like, "Yeah, that does suck." And I'm like, "How come you guys didn't say anything?" They're like, oh, <laughs> they were like, "Well, we're new. We didn't feel like we should say something." And I'm like, "No, right, no, this right. is the perfect time to say something." <laughs> I mean, I guess here's the flip side of that argument. Okay, if you go to a physical gallery, you're mm-hmm. paying a way higher cost you're not making oh, anywhere near the same amount of money absolutely so i don't know if that's where the foundation folks came from and went well compared to that we're really affordable hmm. i could see that i could see that but i just think that oh. yes sir again i don't know my dog is 15 years old so he's very, very old. Hold on, I just got to tell my son real quick again. <laughs> you hear him? Oh, buddy. so sad. <laughs> oh my God. We've been going for a couple hours. We can just like wrap things up and I can let you take care of your dog if you want. It's okay. My son will come down. All he right. needs to exercise. He's 15. <laughs> That's right. He's just in his room on the computer anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's on. Yeah. He's with his friends on Discord. Oh, there you go. Yeah, playing Fortnite or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's one. You hear this guy? Oh, Leo, come on. So sad. What's the matter? <laughs> well, why don't, why don't we wrap things up? I mean, we've had a good long conversation here. Well, you know, okay uh, me? let me ask you. Um, yeah. What do you see in the next uh, few weeks happening for WG Meets? What's on the itinerary? Wow. Um, in the next few weeks, I've I've been dabbling with VR for quite some time now. Okay. Well, not quite some time, but a little bit. Um, so I'm trying to start to flesh out a few more pieces on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've started with is trying to recreate some of my earlier pieces. Oh. When I first started that were not minted, but in VR. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about pretty much i'll probably do maybe two to three pieces on there so far um but then also i've been trying to see obviously fleshing out the podcast idea that i have going on now mm-hmm. as well and i might not be minting too much okay. um i'm gonna be a little quiet on that front and pretty much kind of cradling what i have so far and trying to see if i can have an adoption fair for them <laughs> right uh so but yeah so it's going to be a lot of behind the scenes kind of like background work honestly mm-hmm. um so it's going to be a little quiet i mean I've, i always have something to say <laughs> it's going to be a little <laughs> quiet when it comes to the actual minting of it of uh-huh. minting of work and whatnot um but it's because i'm focusing on trying a different type of technique yeah. to apply it to my to the same feel okay same kind of atmosphere that I've created so far for my pieces. Yeah. Um, it's been fun. Uh, well, you got to keep things fresh, weird. right? You got to keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I ha- I have to, or I just get, I get bored. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> it's weird. I just get bored. <laughs> so I'm constantly looking at certain things and because I've stuck this long with the, um, with the fractal explorer that I use for my pieces, um, I don't feel stagnant in it because every single piece that I make doesn't look like the previous one. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I consistently push myself to create something that 
while I'm not reinventing the wheel, I'm pushing it forward. Mm -hmm. you know? um, so it doesn't look the same. It might have my signature on there, my visual signature, but execution, it doesn't look the same. It, it, right. uh, it looks completely different. It looks like a different world. Um, so I'm going to be doing that, but in VR. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. Obviously. Using the uh, Oculus Quest, usually, you know? Or... Yeah. 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 Cool. So I've been, I'm doing that. Um, I'm trying to see what I can come up with. Um, there's a app that I have or a program that I use called King Spray. Okay. It brings me back to my heyday of graffiti uh, and it feels just like your spray paint. So okay. I've incorporated that into, I, I released a set of cards on wax that I've incorporated a couple of pieces from that. Okay. And it was in VR and I'll put it together and, you know, I exported the files and whatnot. So that was fun. So I might explore that as well. Mm. Um, not necessarily a new card set, but probably complementing a piece in VR as well. And okay. it's something wow. that, you know, like you said, you got kind of got to keep it fresh, see where you take it. Um, but the main goal is to still just let it come out. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep letting it come out. And it's not, you know, I'm a designer. I'm a graphic designer by trade, by daytime, as they say. Yeah. And it's something that I'm used to rules. I'm used to, well, I want it to look this way. Well, can you make it look like this? Yeah, of course. Or, this has to be a certain height. I, I've come from pharmaceutical printing and mm. just printing in general. So everything's about rules. Everything's about regulations and whatnot. And I think that's why my art is completely different from that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a relief. It's it's, it's a break from that. That openness. Yeah, especially after pharmaceutical printing. I, I mean, good Lord, that was horrible. That was a good, good, bad six years. Oh, six it years. Wow. Fun. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've worked on certain things. I, I think that's why I was, started to feel absolutely against the pharmaceutical industry because of the job. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, drugs are horrible. This is bad. Legalize this. <laughs> so it's, it's. It, you know, working from within the industry, you see what it plays and what it looks like. Uh -huh. You know, I've done 24 hour shifts. Oh, wow. Designing and, and laying out, you know, language and whatnot. And yeah, you know, it's, it's not for me. It's just not for me. So, so the push to, and this was obviously before I started crypto art. So, the push for me to just get to where I am now and continue to do so in the freedom sense in art. Yeah, that's why it's so important to me, mm -hmm. because it's not just about creating something that it's a guaranteed this or right. Well, you know, WG meets, he always does hands or whatever. It's not about that. It's literally about letting whatever I'm currently feeling out, you know, and what I'm currently feeling might not necessarily be the same thing that I feel two weeks from now. But that's what it felt like at that time, you know, right that and I don't, I'm not going to flip flop most of the things of what I feel like anyways, but it's more on the now It's mm. more on the, well, what do I think about this? Mm -hmm. Well, this happened. And, you know, the one piece I think that stands out that I was just like, Ooh, I don't know if I should have done that, but it's because, you know, just because of how it came out, um, is owned by a, good friend of mine and it was a piece on pack or pop oh. however you say his name uh-huh uh and i respect him I respect, as, as, as a designer i respect him 100 um 
his execution, his uh, quality level is insane. But I felt a certain way on on that red pixel stuff. <laughs> so I was just like, man, I'm gonna do something, right? So I made this. So I made a a 3D object, and I had a skull coming out of a cube, and the skull okay. was spewing out the red from the pixel. Okay. And I had his park black ring around it, and I was just like, oh man, what was I doing? But then I was just like, no. I mean, I, it was I was feeling it at that time, so screw it was it. in the moment. Yeah, yeah, it was in the moment. But that's the thing. Like it's. It's okay to feel certain things about whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm about. I'm not about necessarily holding back because you disagree with me. We could talk about everything. Doesn't mean we're gonna agree on anything or everything. It, but it also doesn't mean that I have to dismiss you as a person. Right. Exactly. We can coexist yep. and disagree. Yep. We don't. I don't block. I don't mute. I don't do any of that stuff. Right. I've I've had disagreements with people online and. I, don't I block, block scammers. Them. Yeah, that's different. That you know, like when you know somebody's trying to maliciously attack, yeah. you know, and get. I've been getting the telegrams a lot last couple of days. Hey, oh, hi. I step into that, into Telegram. Oh, I had my time in Telegram. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good because everything was so like. How many? So how many business propositions have you gotten on Instagram? Broken. Oh, Jesus. Not even on Instagram. You know what's funny? I try to step away from Instagram so much. Not right. not try because it just naturally happens. I don't like Facebook. But it's something that I, you know, I don't feel that it's right as far as the attitude where artists are concerned or whatnot. So I don't really like step too much into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it has a purpose. Um, it's just not for me. So I'm barely on there. So right. oh, I okay. forgot my password. <laughs> okay. And then I was just like, well, I can always hit forgot password or contact Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, eh, Instagram. Forget it. And then I'm like, eh, I'll, I'll get to it someday. Well, it's funny because like, I was looking at her Instagram good. and I'm like, oh, he's not that active on Instagram. Because, yeah. you know, it was just yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you'll see wherever I'm active, I'm like active. Like you'll see me there. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's and, you know, it's, I just don't feel it's at least right for me. Yeah, to be I hear you. I mean, I put my work on there, but I don't really interact on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, the, you so. know, but that's part of, I think that's part of sharing, right? So, like, me personally, if I'm not going to interact that much, or if I know I don't really like the platform, mm-hmm. I'm not going to put energy into it to know mm. that I'm still not going to want to be there. And, right. Yeah, I'm gonna hate the whole entire time I'm there. You know, I, I might found it's an entry it. point for some people to see my work. Right, it has is it has been for a good amount of traditional artists coming yeah. into crypto art because a lot of them came from Instagram. Right, you know, so it's one of those things where it's created a spark from the traditional art market right. coming into crypto art, which now we have an insane amount of artists here. So yep. it's nice to see that difference. You know, it's nice to see that. Well, I, I personally think it's fantastic to see more abstract artists in crypto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was feeling well, lonely a for a while. it's a relatively small segment, I would say. It is. It is. Yeah. And now, it, you know, you see it a lot more and it's getting appreciated a lot more, which I mm-hmm. also in turn appreciate as an artist. Um, but, you know, you I there were some lonely times before when I first started out. People are like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> 
like you know some people like you to... need to add something you know like a series of ten thousand abstracts where there's oh, like God, no thank you you know uh a mustache and like a, a hat mustache. and like glasses i know i know i'm gonna make a cigarette a abstract abstract generative <laughs> nft uh projects there's ten thousand faces of me in different variations and feelings and emotions Imagine doing all not purely gonna look like abstract, me. though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all not going to look like me. I did a self-portrait on Super Rare. Yeah. And people must be like, I don't know what this guy was on. Uh, because it, I mean, it's not a person. It right. looks like a person. It looks like something that might have resembled a person from somebody else looking in. Okay. And I'm like, to me, I was like, this makes perfect sense. That's a self-portrait. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird, weird but great times now. Sure. Because there's a lot more people coming in. There's a lot of people that are learning. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we've been here for a bit. We're constantly learning, no matter what. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, so to know that there's new artists, both younger and older, coming in, and seeing the benefits of, you know, releasing NFTs or why they're important now for an artist. Um, be it royalties, control of your art, um, or the distribution at least, or not depending on the gallery and whatnot. You know, it's empowering as hell. Totally. It yep. really is. Yep. Hey, awesome talking with you. And uh, I wish you good fortune in the next little while here with this podcast you're talking about and with this new VR adventure. And I look forward yeah, to seeing man. your new work and hearing your new podcast. I'm excited. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And I had one hell of a time here. It was nice and, to finally you know, meet you. We've chatted on Twitter, but I know it, it, it's different, right? When you put a face to the name, to, yes. to the anonymous name. Yep. Totally. <laughs> but yeah, it has been really, really nice. And I, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate the invite. I appreciate you being here. So yeah. Hey, Take care and uh, have an awesome day. Thanks a lot, brother. You too. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon.